about 11 lines down at the new Mishnah. If before the psukim that are to be scraped off into the water are done, before you erase the Megillah, Amra, the woman says, You know what? I don't agree to drink the water. Well, what do we do then? Megillasa Nignezes, the Megillah which was written already wasn't raised off, so that has to go into Genizets, put away into a uh, sort of a, a side area where holy things that are uh, not used are put away. Uminchasa Mitpazeres Al Hadeshin, and her Karen Mincha, which was already starting to be processed, that has to be also, you can't, just, you can't just throw it in the garbage, you have to spread it out on the Deshin area, which was in the Azara, where things that were Kodesh uh, were uh, dealt with properly. The Ein Megillah Sakshera, why don't you just use the Megillah that was written for her? It's the same Psukim that you're going to use, let's say, if another woman shows up as a Sota. However, Ein Megillah Sakshera, her, the Megillah that was written for her, would not be kosher, to use for another Saita, because the Pasuk says that it has to be done. It says the Pasuk literally, we understand the word law. For her, meaning it has to be lishma for that particular woman. In other words, once the Megillah is written for woman A, it can't be used for woman B. If, let's say, the Megillah was already erased, uh, she could come one of two claims. So, Nimchaka HaMegillah, which I underlined, and two lines later, I also underlined Nimchaka HaMegillah. Here's the first. Nimchaka HaMegillah A, so the Pesukim already erased stuff into the water, and then she says, Temeya Ani. That's basically her coming clean. Yes, I did have an adulterous affair with that guy in Yichud. And then what do you do? You don't continue with the procedure because the whole procedure is there to clarify the suffix. Once she's admitted, if she's in, indeed admit, then you pour the water out. So what do you do with the uh, grain for the mincha that's already ready to go? Well, mitpazeres al beisadeshin has to be uh, spread out. And the beisadeshin, again, the area where the uh, rejects would be uh, put. Let's say the Megillah was erased off. Now, she's not admitting her guilt, but at the same time, she's refusing to drink. Well, uh, sort of too bad, lady. You can't refuse at that point. Now, it's interesting. The reason why basically forced her to drink is as Rashi says. I'll see, read the Rashi inside. It's about five lines below where we are now in the Gemara. Why would they force her to drink? Because the concern is maybe she's really innocent and she's just terrified and therefore we really want her to drink and get all the brachas that come along with being innocent. continues the Mishnah. Uh, she doesn't even have a chance to sort of drink and then like immediately her face turns colors, her eyes start bulging. And she fills up, like her face starts, uh, veins start protruding from her face, sinews. And the people there, like the ushers in the... Uh, in the base of Migdash compound, would say, get her out of here! Now, we'll have to see why uh, to get her out of here, what what exactly is the issue, but as far as the mission is concerned, it's Shaloi Titame HaAzara. Uh, now, she's in the Shar Niknor, which was between the Israel and the Zezus Nashim there, and uh, they would take her out. Now, we're going to ask, well, what's the problem? If she dies, uh, there is no problem with uh, mace in Machna Levia, which is where she is. So we'll see what the issue is. Kama. If this woman who 
turns out she's really guilty, but has some sort of merit in her past, could actually delay, literally like hang or delay the effects of the Mayim HaMarim. Yeshchus, some uh, merits could delay Tola Shanachas for one year, Yeshchus Tola Beishanim two years, Yeshchus Tola Gimel Shanim sometimes up to three years. Kama, Mikan Amar Ben Azai. I boxed Ben Azai. Two lines later, I boxed Rabbi Eliezer, and two lines below that, at the beginning of the line, I boxed Rabbi Yoshua. Three very interesting statements. Says Ben Azai, since uh, it's important for a woman to know this, that Tzchus is Tola, and Many other things. A man has a chiyuv to teach his daughter Taira Shaim Tishta that if she drinks, uh, she'll know that if she's guilty, it'll be a, it, she'll explode. If she's innocent, she won't. But if she's guilty and she has some schus, Taida she'll know she has Because if she doesn't know that and she's really guilty and then she drinks and nothing happens, even though it's only a delayed reaction, that could have horrific social consequences for people thinking that this uh, thing doesn't work. Rabbi Eliezer, who we boxed, any person who teaches his daughter Torah, Laimda, Tiflis teaches her. Now, Tiflis is a very interesting word to uh, describe, define, uh, delineate. The uh, Rashi just goes with the Mefarish. We'll explain it in the Gemara. Uh, we could call it, let's say, um, literally Tiflis lit tafel. You have something that's attaching to something else. We'll, we'll say maybe the the uh, cunningness of. Uh, relationships between men and women. Maybe you could call it sensuality or foolishness. Or there's all sorts of different descriptions of Tiflis, but it's it's a sort of a, a way of looking at life that wouldn't necessarily be natural for uh, Abbas Yisrael. Rabbi Yoshua, who we boxed Aimer, uh, Rabbi Yoshua pipes up and says, It's a real insight into the, the nature of women. Uh, we all like to be uh, financially comfortable. Uh, a woman would prefer... Kav v'tiflis. Kav is one measure with a a good intimate uh, 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 physical relationship with her husband. Mitisha kavin, as opposed to if the other option was nine kav, like much much more uh, wealth and more credit cards and bank accounts. Uh, Uprishus and separation from her husband. In other words, the 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 physical intimacy and that bond is uh, very important. The financial stability is very important. If you had to weigh them up, uh, a wo- typical wife would prefer a good physical relationship with a little bit less as opposed to uh, more physical uh, bounty and less of a physical relationship with her husband. Huhaya Oimer, Rabbi used to say, uh, the following four characters uh, really sort of cause, wreak havoc in the world. A chasid shaita, a rasha arum, Isha Prusha and Makais Prushin. Chassid Shaita is a person who's very pious, but he's an idiot. He's a fool. He, he does things ridiculously. We'll see examples of all these in the Gemara. Rasha Arum is somebody who's evil, but he's not just straight out evil, he's cunningly evil. And Isha Prusha is a woman who appears to be a total ascetic, completely removed from this world. By, by their very nature, women should be more in tune with this world. And finally, Makais Prushim are sort of wounds or bruises or uh, bangs or scrapes from people who appear or want to appear as though they're they're so holy and separate from this world. Uh, those four categories of characters for Helu Mivali Oilam are considered destroyers of the universe. Says the Gemara, Amr Shmuel Mishum, and I underline Rebbe Meir. A very, very interesting piece here. Rebbe Meir, one of the Gedalia Ador, 
and uh, what his experience was with uh, learning his own Torah. There were two great sages, the generation before Rabbi Meir, there were Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. So it says, uh, Amr Vidamar Shmuel, in the name of Rabbi Meir, this is all Rabbi Meir speaking, when I went to learn Torah, it's Rabbi Akiva, I boxed Rabbi Akiva, says Rabbi Meir, who, by the way, as uh, a side profession, was a sofer, was a scribe, Hayiti matil kankantum I used to add this ingredient, this uh, kankantum, which uh, apparently gives the ink a certain uh, permanence uh, into the ink. Veloy Amrali Davin. Rabbi Kiva never said anything to me that it was a problem. Kishabati Yitzel Rabbi Yishmael, I box Rabbi Yishmael, seems like Rabbi Meir, at a later stage, uh, went to learn by uh, another great Rabbi, Rabbi Yishmael, Amarli, so Rabbi Shmuel said to me, this is still Rabbi Meir speaking, Bini, my son, Mamalachtecha, what is your work? What is your profession? Amarti Leah said to him, Lavlarani, I am a scribe, I'm a cipher. Amarli said Rabbi Shmuel to me, Bini, my son, have a Zahir, be very careful, your work is heavenly work. What's the need for the carefulness? Shema tachser ois achas, because maybe you'll leave out one letter. Oh, tiyaser ois achas, or you'll add a letter that shouldn't be there. And we know that even the slight uh, deviation from the spelling of a word can change its meaning completely, in which case you might end up writing something. You could destroy the entire universe with writing things incorrectly. Amartiloi. So I, this is now Rabbi Meir, says, I said back to Rabbi Yishmael, I actually have a secret ingredient that I add to the ink with which I write the Holy Scrolls, the kankantum shmai, and it's called kankantum. Amar li, so Rabbi Shmuel said to me, Really? Uh, do we add a kankantum to the ink? Hatayra amra, and like, why would it be a problem? Because doesn't the Torah say, and this is what Parsha Sota, it says, umacha, uh, regarding they have to scrape off the letters of the few psukim into the water, and macha indicates it has to be a ksav sheyuchal li macha. It has to be a uh, a writing with uh, an ink that can be erased off, not not that's uh, permanently onto the parchment. Okay, now we weren't talking about writing a Megillah Soti, we were talking about writing a Sefer Torah, but Rabbi Shmuel's of the opinion that actually you could pull out a Sefer Torah and scrape off those parts that are uh, the Parsha Sota parts, and that would also work. Okay, that was the back and forth. It was a little bit difficult to understand, so the Gemara wants uh, some clarity now. My ka'amarleyu, my ka'mahadrleyu. What exactly was, did Rabbi Shemuel mean when he said to Rabbi Meir, uh, this discussion, Rabbi Meir said, I have this special ingredient. Uh, what does the special ingredient have anything to do with writing an extra letter or not? You either write an extra letter or you leave out a letter regardless of what ink you're using. So what's the back and forth? Haki uh, so this was the discussion. Loimi Baya, when uh, Rabbi Meir is saying that he's an expert sofer, this is what he's saying. Loimi Baya, I don't even have to tell you, I am an expert, I don't leave out letters, I don't add any letters, I write just what should be written. Now you might have another concern, says Rabbi Meir Rabbi Shmuel. Maybe I'll write a letter, and then a few seconds later, a fly will come. The fly will come, and uh, sit on the uh, the wet ink atage the dalit on the little uh, tail of the maybe the crown of the dalit or the tail of the dalit umachikle and take that ink off erase it by like standing in it umashvile reish 
And like we know, uh, and if the Dalit turns into a Reish's Hashem Acher, which would be terrible, that's essentially what Rabbi Meir was saying, Davar Acher. Alternatively, I, I have something that I add into the ink, and what does it do? Uh, it's basically an ingredient that causes the ink to dry almost instantly, so this concern of the uh, the little bug landing on the wet ink is really not a concern. Okay, that's the way the Gemara presents what happened with Rabbi Meir. First he was learning Rabbi Shmuel, then he was learning, for, excuse me, first he was learning by Rabbi Akiva, then he went to learn by Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Shmuel was the one who had a problem with the uh, the ink that he was using. Any asked the Gemara, really, is that what happened? Is that the order? The Hatanya, we have a Brysa, two lines, uh, same uh, story, but uh, apparently uh, different facts. Amar Rabbi Meir, Here's the Brisa. I underline Rabbi Meir. He says, Kishayiti lama When I went to learn Tara Eitz, Rabbi Yishmael, huh. I boxed Rabbi Yishmael. Seems like Rabbi Meir went to learn first by Rabbi Yishmael. Hayiti matel kan kantum I would add this ingredient into the ink that I would use to write the Holy Scrolls. Tara, mezuzah, tefillin. Veloy amar li davar. And Rabbi Yishmael didn't say anything to me, which is interesting. First of all, in the previous story, Rabbi Shmuel was the one who piped up and said something. Second of all, Rabbi Shmuel was the one who went to learn at second. Okay, continues the Brisa. Uh, says Rabbi Meir in the Brisa, Keshavati Eitz Rabbi Akiva, I box Rabbi Akiva, Asra Alai. And in this story, it's Rabbi Akiva that Rabbi Meir learned by second. And it's also that Rabbi Akiva was the one who had a problem with this uh, Kankantum ingredient. That's the end of the Tanaic source. In which case, the Gemara points out what we've already said, Kasha, Shimush, Ashimush. We have a question as far as who did... Shimush is uh, when uh, a junior um, aspiring uh, Torah leader learns by a more senior Torah leader, he does Shimush. He, he, he uh, serves him. He sees the way he paskins, sees the way he behaves. Anyway, the who was it in the story we had at the beginning of the Gemara? It was Rabbi Kiva first, and here it seems like it's Rabbi Shmuel first. And also Kasha Asra Asra, who's the uh, personality <coughs> who told Rabbi Meir can't add that concantum ingredient. So, as far as the Shimush issue, Bishlam, I squiggle underline the word Bishlam, all is well when it comes to who Rabbi, Rabbi Meir learned by first, Shimush Shimush like Kasha. He actually, this is what happened, Mi'ikara initially, and I, I have to assume Rabbi Meir was a absolute genius from his youth. When he went, he went to learn first like we saw in the top story, the beginning of the Gemara. However, Rabbi Akiva was so, we'll just say, uh, uh, above and beyond that he was able to uh, sort of show proofs one way and show proofs the other way and each one seemed just as valid. In other words, without a solid grounding in the facts, Rabbi Akiva could just run circles around anyone, and that seemed to be what happened with Rabbi Meir. Once Rabbi Meir saw he wasn't able to establish it into his heart, in other words, because the, the, you want to call it mental gymnastics, you want to call it the incredible depth of ability of, of being able to uh, really prove anything, but when you have your grounding in the reality, it's not such a problem, but before that it is. Then Rabbi Meir left Rabbi Akiva, Asa and came, Lakami to Rabbi Yishmael, the Gamar Gemara, and learned Gemara. Now, Gamar Gemara in those days is the Mishnayas, which are the foundational principles 
this was called the Gemara because it had been learned one Rebbe, one Talmud from his Rebbe, and that Rebbe from his Rebbe, and that Rebbe from Rebbe, that Rebbe. What we're, what we're seeing now in the Gemara, the Gamer Gemara, it's not Gemara like we have, but rather just essentially the Mishnah, so we'll call it the foundational principles of the Torah Shabbat Al-Pet. Then, once he had that clear, Hadar Rabbi went back to Rabbi Akiva, Savar Svara, and then Rabbi Akiva's intense uh, depth of logic was uh, perfectly suited for where Rabbi Meir was at at that time. Okay, that's as far as we learned by. So, originally learned by Rabbi Akiva, then he went to Rabbi Shmuel, then he went back to Rabbi Akiva. So, both are true. Ela Asra Asra, who was the uh, Tana? Was it Rabbi Akiva or was it Rabbi Shmuel who told Rabbi Meir not to use the Kankantum in his ink? Kasha, that indeed is a Kasha and Kasha. Yeah, that is left unresolved. Tanya, we have a Brysa. Brysa starts here and it goes two lines down Amud Bays. Rabbi Yehuda, Oimer, I'm Rabbi Meir. Now we're going to have Rabbi Yehuda telling us what Rabbi Meir says. We're going to have somebody else. A lot of uh, tradition about what Rabbi Meir had said. Oimer, For all ink that you're using for Torah, for mezuzahs, for tefillin, you add in the kankantum ingredient, chutz mi parsha shaita bilvad. Except, and this is even if you're writing in a safer Torah and you come to uh, Bamidbar, Parakei, the parsha sota parts, that you would not add the kankantum ingredient into the ink. Rabbi Yankiv, who I underlined, he also is going to say Mishmai in the name of Rabbi Meir, and another <coughs> tradition we have from Rabbi Meir, chutz mi parsha sota shupa mikdash. He's even more limiting. Uh, when you're writing a Sefer Torah, you uh, do not have to write without the Kankantum for anything, even Parsha Saita. The only thing that you don't have the Kankantum to is that special Parsha that was written uh, in the Mikdash, those few Psukim for a particular Sota situation. That would be just regular Dioi without the Kankantum. Okay, my Beinayu. What's the essential point of Machlokas between the two of them? Is what are they arguing about? Uh, Rabbi Yaakov's understanding and Rabbi Huda's understanding. The Machlokas is, let's say, uh, you have a Sota scenario that presents itself in the Mikdash and they need a few Psukim to scrape off. Would you actually like pull out a Sefer Torah and scrape off those few uh, Psukim from an actual Sefer Torah or not. According to the Tanakam, in other words, according to Rabbi Yehuda's understanding, uh, yes, you would, and therefore you better not have kankantum in those psukim. According to Rabbi Yaakov, you never would, and therefore the only concern is the ink that's used to write specifically the Parsha Sot, those few verses just for a Sot scenario. Uh, that's the only thing you wouldn't be allowed to add the kankantum into the DOE for. Vahani Tanai ki Hani Tanai. The Gemara suggests that actually maybe we can parallel this Machlokas, Rabbi uh, Yehuda versus uh, Rabbi Yaakov, as a, another Machlokas Tanoim Desanya, as we see in this three line Brisa. This Brisa is going to have a Tanakama and a second Tana, Rabbi Achi Bar Yoshio. Says the Tanakama, Ein Megilasak Sherila Hashkes Ba Sota Acheres. If you have a uh, Sota scenario, and for whatever reason, her, the, the woman's uh, not going to go through with it, but there is already 
a, a parchment with those few psukim written up, it would not be able to be used for another uh, couple that comes in uh, later, also with a sota scenario. You'd have to, you couldn't use that one. Reb Achi Bar Yoshia, who I uh, I would box, Oimer, Megilasa is yes, Kshera, Lahashkas Basaita Kheras. You could use the Megillah that was written for uh, Jane, Jane Smith, to use for uh, Sue Jones. In other words, uh, one woman's Megillah, for whatever reason, wasn't um, erased off and used. It could be used for another uh, Sota case that presents itself. Should we then parallel the Machlokas, uh, Rebbe? Yehuda and Rabbi Yaakov to this Malchokas Tanakama and Rabbi Bar Yoshia. And the Gemara rejects this and it can reject it from either side. Amar Rapapa and Rapapa, and I put a Roman numeral one in the margin. And about uh, five lines later, his last word on the line is bar. That's in the middle of Rabnachim Bar Yitzchak. I also underline Rabnachim Bar Yitzchak and put a Roman numeral two in the margin. Two ways to uh, reject this parallel. Says Rapapa, Dilma Lohi. Maybe it just ain't so. In other words, you cannot parallel uh, Rabbi Yehuda versus Rabbi Yaakov to the Tanakama versus Rachel Bar Yoshia. Ad kan lekamar Tanakama hasam. The Tanakama only said his din over there. Ela kevan de intik leshum Rachel. Um, what happened in the Tanakama's case? You had Rachel, Rachel Jones. The Megillah Sotah was written for her, then it's not used. Since it was written specifically for her, that's why the Tanakama would say it can't be scraped off for another woman, let's call her Leah, who comes in another Sota scenario. Lo Hadra Mintika, it can't be like reassigned, because it was already specifically uh, written for a particular woman, it can't be reassigned, Lashum Leah, for Leah. Aval Torah, if you're talking about just scraping it off from a Stam Sefer Torah that was written, who knows when, without any particular intention when those psukim were written, distamaksiva could very well be hachinami demachina, that you would be able to scrape it off from a safer Torah. On the other hand, Amar of Nachmar Yitzchak, I underlined Nachmar Yitzchak, he's not coming to disagree with her, probably he's just taking the other perspective and saying the other way also doesn't work. Dilmalohi, maybe the comparison, the parallel is not correct. Why? I call him Ravachi Bar Yoshia. Ravachi Bar Yoshia, who said that using the Megillah Sotah for one woman and you didn't use it for her, and you want to use it for another woman, that would be okay. You know why? Why was that Megillah Saita written? For a Sota procedure. So you didn't use it for Mrs. A, you could use it for Mrs. B. Aval when the Torah was written, why was that written when they got to Bamidbar chapter 5, written out of those Psukim? It's not written to the intention to be scraped off for a particular woman, whoever she might be, rather the Islamic Siva. It's written as a Sefer Torah to learn from, and maybe, therefore, never would you be able to scrape off from a Sefer Torah, hachanami, delay machkinan, period. Asks the Gemara now a question. It takes about four lines to develop. Vravachi bar Yoshia, one second. He said that the Megillah was written for one woman and then not used, could be used for another woman, but doesn't he hold of the principle, and this is about a two-line principle, but doesn't, doesn't he hold of, and I put a phrase marking around this, again, these whole two lines, and we'll explain in a minute, it's a case from Masechus Gitin. Oh, look at this. Let's say you have Bob and Sue, and they live in Timbuktu. Bob and Sue. Bob has a get written out to divorce his wife, Sue. And then he changes his mind and him and Sue make up and live happily ever after. 
Shortly after that, while Bob still has the actual document, which he never used in his pocket, some other guy bumps into him whose name is also Bob. And he says to him, oh, look at this, my name is Bob. And you'll never guess what? My wife's name is Sue. Well, and we both live in Timbuktu. Uh, would the second couple be able to use the get that was written out for the first couple? It would be invalid for the second couple to use. Hmm. Now, by uh, Gittin, so should we say Rabbi Bar Yoshia, who apparently says Sota Parsha that had to be written for uh, woman number one, was, can be uh, used for uh, a second couple, would he not agree with this case in Gittin that says that a get that was written for couple one cannot be used for couple two? Answers the Gemara, Amri, Hasam, when it comes to over there by a get, the Pasuk specifically says, Vekasav la. It has to be written out for her, meaning the guy who's having to get written out by the sofa has to write out specifically for his wife, Amarachmana, namely Bo'inan. We require Ksiva to be Lishma. Um, asks the Gemara now, well then, Hachanami, don't we have in Parsha Sota a similar Pasuk? It says, Va'asa. Law that you have to make it for her, which sounds like the Megillah Sota has to be made specifically for a particular woman, not to be able to use for another woman. Answers the Gemara, well, the word asa is quite general. The word asa is and should be done. My asiya, the asiya that the Pasuk is referring about that has to be l'shem, that particular woman, is not the actual writing of the Pesukim, more it's the mechik, it's the scraping off of the letter. So you could have a Parsha Sota which was written for Jane, and Jane, for whatever reason, didn't use it. And then Sue, some other guy's wife, also has a Sota a situation, could use that, that Parsha as long as the scraping off of the letters into the water is done. L'shem, the one that is being done for. Said the Mishnayinu, Mani, who would be the uh, author of uh, that uh, of that part of the Mishnah? And the Gemara says, uh, Rib Shimon, I double underline Rib Shimon, and I put a number one in the margin, and double underlined it. I then, approximately seven lines later, last term on the line is Rabbi Akiva. I double underline Rabbi Akiva, and I put a, a number two in the margin and double underline that. So we're going to have two approaches. We're going to have the uh, Rabbi Shimon approach and the Rabbi Akiva approach. Who is the author of that part of the Mishnah? Well, it's Rabbi Shimon. He, because we're saying she um, drank the water and like immediately started to explode or blow up. That's according to Rib Shimon, because Rib Shimon, we've had this uh, very recently, like within the last few days, Da'amar, as far as the order in general, Sota, is it that the Mincha is offered first and then she drinks the water, or she drinks the water and then the Mincha is offered? So it must be Rib Shimon is the author of this, Da'amar, he, he holds, that first her mincha is offered, then she drinks, and basically there's nothing left to happen if she's going to blow up to come to like carve a mincha. So, because Shimon's of the opinion, as long as the mincha hasn't been offered, the water ain't going to work. So, there's actually no purpose in her drinking the water before the mincha is offered. Like the Pasuk says over there in Parsha Saita, Minchas Zikarain, Mazkeres Avain. I underline the Mazkeres Avain. The issue with this is, though, if you keep reading in our Mishnah, the Seifa, which we now quote till the end of the line, put right angles, said, that if she's got some sort of meritorious deed in her past, whatever that might be, uh, it could delay the effect of the uh, water on her. Even though she's guilty, it could delay the effect. Now, 
Who would that be? That can't be Reb Shimon. That has to be Asan Lerabanan. It has to be according to the uh, mainstream Rabbanan opinion. Why do you Reb Shimon? Because if you're going to tell me it's Reb Shimon, it can't be. Because Ha'amar, he's the one who insisted. doesn't make a difference how good she's been in her past. We do not say that any meritorious deed, no matter how many or how holy it might be, would have any delay effect on the water. If she's guilty, she's guilty, and she explodes right then and there. Who then is the author? Amar of Chista, Hamani, Rabbi Akiva. I double underline Rabbi Akiva. We have that already. The author of the Mishnah is Rabbi Akiva, that part of the Mishnah. Da'amar, he's the one who holds. Also, Makrav Minchasa, first the Minchas offered. Ba'achach Mashkin, then she drinks. And as far as the issue of, oh, what if she's got some sort of meritorious deed? Will that delay the effect of the water? Yeah, Rabbi Akiva holds. Beschus. Savarla yells like the Rabbanan that it could have a, a delaying effect on the water. <coughs> Said the Mishnah, get her out of here. Now, one second. Why do you have to get her out of her? My time out. What are they concerned about? That she might like explode and, and die? Like a mace? You don't have a dead uh, body in there? Dedilma Mesa? What's the problem if there's a dead body? We're in the Machna Levia, and the Machna Levia. Uh, it's actually not a problem to have a mace. I mean, you might want to remove it, but lememra de mesas remachna levia v'hatanya. We have a brace. The brace goes throughout three and a half lines and starts here. We uh, saw it recently in Maseches Nazir, probably about uh, a month ago or so. V'hatanya. Uh, uh, says this price, a tummy mace mutterly connects the machnavia. A person who is very tummy as a tummy mace is allowed to go into the machna levia. The machna levia is there's a machna shrina. This is from the midbar already. There was the machna shrina, which was the mishkan area in the midbar. There's the machna levia, which is where the levium were around the <coughs> mishkan. And then there's the machna Yisrael, which is where all the other Jewish tribes were. And the parallel to that in when the Jews went into Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim is their capital is the there's the Machna Shechina, which is the uh, the internal holy areas of the base of Megiddo. There's the Machna Levia, where the Leviim can go, and there's the Machna Yisrael. So, is that to say that a Tamei Mace is not uh, is uh, is uh, a problem? The Tanaic source we'll see right now says the Tamei Mace is mutter to be in the Machna Levia. The late Tamei Mace Bilvadam, or not only a person, a live person who's got uh, too much Mace, Elafilu Mace Atzmai, even a dead human being themselves, Shenemar. Where do we know that from? None other than Moses, who was carrying around a dead human being with him for the 40 years in the desert. Who was the dead human being? Yosef at Tzadik. Vayikach Moshe. It says, Moshe took the Atzmais Yosef and adds a word into the passage. It says, Emo, along with him. What does it mean along with him? Of course it was with him. It was to tell us, Emo Yibamichitzasai. He was hanging out where Moshe was. And Moshe, of course, is a levy. And uh, that's why. Uh, you see very clearly you can have uh, somebody who's tummy too much mace or even a mace themselves in the Machin Levia. So what was the issue? Why get her out? Amra Baye, the issue is something else. Not that she might be dead, but rather Shema Tifrois Nida. She might become a Nida, which also has a very high level of Tuma and uh, the that type of uh, a Nida, as well as the truth is a Zav or a Zava or a Balkari, they're all Usr to be in the Machlavia. That's what we're concerned about. Okay, so we're concerned she might suddenly become a Nida. Really? Lememra de Be'i Susa Marpia? Is that to say that Be'i Susa is like a fear, like this? Uh, I'm just going through a pretty traumatic 
procedure here, this sota drinking, uh, drinking the water, is that to say that the that fear mirafi like loosens loosens the walls of the we'll say the uh, the birthing canal, the vaginal canal, the womb, and does then cause her to to bleed and become anida? Is, is that is that what happens in? Yeah, like the pasuk indicates that sometimes females, when they're in like really intense situations, will uh, start uh, menstrual bleeding. Uh, like the pasuk says, by Queen Esther, she was like really intense uh, situation there. Uh, what happened? Shapir Sanida, she actually became a Nida in that uh, part of the story of the Megillah Esther. Okay, the problem with all this is that we have another Tanaic source from Masechus Nida that seems to indicate that, like, when someone's scared, the opposite happens. Whatever normal uh, menstrual uh, period flow there is, it, it kind of, like, could disappear and she could stop uh, bleeding. We have a Mishnah in Nida that says, the three-word quote of it, Charada misalekes damim. That a, a woman who's in a situation where she's uh, scared, it, it like it causes the blood to no longer flow out. Oh, so what's going on? And she's looking more. There's two types of uh, fear. There's pachad and biasusa. Pachta tzamis, like a long-term fear. Somebody, I don't know, hiding from the Nazis for, for two years in, uh, in, in Europe during World War II. It's a long-term fear, and this actually, I think, did happen. Uh, a lot of uh, women did not have uh, menstrual uh, flows then. It basically like, seals the whole system up, and it, it stops working. Hopefully temporarily, but it stops working. Whereas Biasusa, like a sudden fright, Mirafia, uh, that could loosen the uh, what normally holds the blood from coming back and, and cause the blood to flow out, and that would be what happened with uh, Queen Esther. Says the Mishnah, Yesh Laschlis Haisa, and the Mishnah explained that sometimes she could have uh, such a meritorious uh, deed or a set of deeds that it could hold back the effects of the water for one year, two years, or even three years. Really? Three years? Mani Masisin. Who would be the Tana who would say up to three years the uh, effects of the water could be held back from a guilty uh, woman because of something good she did? Well, we have three Tanaim who pipe up on the issue and seemingly none of them say three years. It's not Rabbi Yosef ben Chanan, and it's not Rabbi Lazar ben Yitzhak Yishkvar Daroim, and it's not Rabbi Yishmael Desanya. Here's a brisa, and the brisa goes till the third line on the next Amud, and uh, it's going to be examples of uh, Sota women who were actually guilty, but the uh, effect of the water was delayed because of uh, meritorious deed. So says the brisa, if she's got a good thing that she did, and I underline So the water is effect could be delayed for three months. Now, why three months? Because three months is the same amount of time as kedei hakara sa'uber. In general, when a woman becomes pregnant, it takes uh, an average of three months to uh, become uh, noticeable that she is um, pregnant. And and this opinion, which is Abayosi ben Chanan, who we boxed, he um, darshans the pasuk when it says Venixa Venizra Zara by Sota Venixa she'll be like clean or innocent or found to be exonerated because Venizra Zara that would be the amount of time it takes to notice from when a woman is not pregnant until the time that you notice that she is pregnant which is three months. I also boxed Rabbi Lazar ben Yitzchak Ishkvar Darom. He says that the um, uh, meritorious deeds uh, could actually uh, hold off the effect of the water for Tisha Chadashim. Underline that nine months Shenamar. Uh, same pasuk, Venixa, Venizra, Zara. Here we're uh, learning it uh, 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 a little bit differently. That if she's innocent and Nizra, Zara, which means like she'll uh, be able to have children. Ulahalanu, elsewhere 
in uh, Sefer Tilim, it says Zera Yavdenu Yisupar Zara, a Zera seed or offspring Yavdenu serves him. Uh, Yesupar will be able to tell now what type of uh, conceived uh, baby human in utero is it able that's able to speak? Well, only one that goes like full term and then grows up is Zerahara It's fitting to one day speak, meaning like a full term pregnancy, uh, otherwise known as nine months. Rabbi Yishmael, who he boxes a third opinion. Nobody said, by the way, three years yet. We've had three months, we've had nine months. Rabbi Yishmael says, 12 months, in other words, one year. Now, where does Rabbi Shmuel get that the schus by a sota case can uh, delay the effect of the water for a year? He doesn't have an outright proof, but he does have a zeichel some sort of a similar uh, scenario. This is a pasuk from Sefer Daniel. You have uh, Daniel speaking to King Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he's, he's uh, basically... Um, interpreting the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And he's explaining to him, he says, uh, Lahen uh, Malka, like uh, in truth, O king, Malki Yashbar Allah, uh, my, my advice should be very Yishaper, like good uh, upon you, like basically take my advice. Vechatach bitstaka proik, your uh, your sins, the things you've done wrong, can be redeemed, at least uh, temporarily, by giving charity, uh, giving money to the poor. Vaava Yasach the Mechan Anyan and your Avonos, the other types of sins that you did, would be uh, very uh, beneficial for you to Mechan Anyan to have like give chain or uh, graciousness to the poor people to atone for them. And they will bring about a lengthiness of your peacefulness, your tranquility. In other words, the dream was he was going to have a real intense incident and this would uh, push it off. And how long did it push it off? Well, the Pasuk in Daniel, the next Pasuk in Pasuk Hafei continues and says, uh, And all these things happened to Vuchadnezzar Malka. When did they happen? Lixas Yarchin Treaser, the end of twelve months. So we see that twelve months is how long the punishment was held off for. So who would be the author of our Mishnah that had said one year, two year, three years? We don't have anything like that. So the Gemara answers, and with this we will conclude this year. Loilam it is Rabbi Yishmael. Our Mishnah is Rabbi Yishmael. Well, Rabbi Yishmael talked about Schus being told of for one year. Our Mishnah said up to three years. However, Rabbi Shmuel found a Pasuk that uh, said that there'd be uh, one time and even another time on top of that. So a year times another year, or plus another year, plus another year is three years. In other words, three times or three years to exceed. Like the Pasuk says in Amos, Kayamar Hashem al Shloisha Pishay Edaim. But on four, no. So three times yes, four times no. Umai, what then was meant when in the Tanaic source, the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael, uh, it was said, even though, what, what does that mean? This sounds like it's a pretty good uh, proof, no? Well, maybe yeah, but maybe no. Because Dilma, possibly, shiny of The puzzle that we brought from Daniel isn't by a Jew, it's by a Gentile. Now, true, it's a Gentile king, but it's still a Gentile. And we know that one of the privileges, one of the benefits of being Hashem's, so to speak, chosen people or Hashem's children is that just like a loving parent will care about everyone, but they'll care 
more about their own children, and they'll sometimes be even more into them, uh, which ultimately, hopefully, is for their good. So to Hashem is more into the Jewish people. So just because there'd be, uh, by the king, a certain amount of time, a Gentile king doesn't necessarily mean that that would be a valid um, uh, uh, um precedent for what the situation would be by a Jewish uh, Sota woman. Adkan.